Hello, 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 and welcome to All Things Growth Podcast. Uh, welcome back, if you're tuning in again, to episode seven. Yes, we're still alive here at All Things Growth Podcast. Uh, and who better to have on for episode seven than the Grace Tautua. She's also known on Instagram as... Golden Diggs. She's the co-founder of Flex Factory. I will definitely include the Instagram handles uh, in this post or on my Instagram post when I share the background story of um, how we're so lucky to have Grace on here in All Things Growth podcast is actually my good friend, um, aka Yen. Sangaya, she's the one that who suggested her because we both follow Flex Mummy. If you don't follow her, you need to go follow her now. Um, and she actually knew that Grace was of someone descent and she thought she'd be just great to be on the podcast. And I'm so thankful, and we're all thankful to Sangaya. We have Sangaya to thank for Grace's presence here today. So I believe this episode to be fire, like every other episode. Um, but more so I was really, I felt really privileged to have a glimpse and insight to Grace's uh, personal growth journey. She speaks about uh, navigating cultural identity and cultivating um, in this new age world and what it means to have the discernment to, you know, take care of yourself and and know what's working and what's not working or know what's serving and not serving um there's also sharing about uh both our cultural experiences uh within our family dynamic um and how that has impacted or influenced our growth there's um sharing about (laughs) personality tests and how useful therapy is everyone therapy is so essential or any kind of um, support, mentoring, assistance that's really going to uh, give you the tools you need to really deal and nurture you in a safe space while you figure yourself out, unpack yourself, critically reflect about yourself and take care of yourself and grow as you do that. Um, as Grace says, she's all about the tools so we're so thankful uh, that she's provided bonus resources that was not planned um about some of the therapy tools that she's learned so uh yeah you're welcome and thank you so much grace uh so without further ado i don't want to ramble on um there's just so much fire it was really difficult to know when to end this part of the episode of the yeah of the podcast with grace uh just because i really thoroughly enjoyed it so i hope you enjoyed it as much as i do uh, we really love to hear your feedback or if you have any questions or follow-ups that you want us to follow up with um, or even if you wanted us to do a Q&A. So let us know. Enjoy. Welcome, Grace Tautua. So for the listeners, uh, this is Grace Tautua and uh, her uh, at name on Instagram is uh, Golden Diggs. Um, if you ever want to stalk her like I did just previous to this podcast, <laughs> go on to her page. And what's that highlight? What is it titled? Uh, I think it's Q&A. Yeah, Q&A. Yeah. 
yeah, there's a specific title, but um, that's sort of how I started to get to know you, <laughs> at least the Instagram version of you. So yes. can you share with us, mm-hmm. um, like I don't usually, I feel like intrusive to introduce someone when they very well can introduce themselves. So do you mind introducing yourself to the All Growth, all Things Growth fam? Yeah. Um, well, my name is Grace, like you said. Um, I think you know me from Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, like more so like to do with self-development stuff. I think that's how mm. we pretty much connected. Um, when oh, I'm from Samoan descent, my, both my parents are full Samoan. Um, I was born and raised in Australia, um, raised in Macquarie Fields in Sydney. And then my family moved to Campbelltown in Eagle Vale. Um, I'm the youngest of six kids um, and then a few adopted. <laughs> and I have, um, I don't know, like what else, what else do you want to know? I'm kind of open. Like, like we were talking about this before. Like did you want to, you were, you were mentioning that you wanted to send me uh, questions beforehand but I'm kind of just like a go with the flow kind of person so <laughs> I don't know anything that I'm missing that you want to know or that's relevant like don't hesitate to ask me I'm pretty I'm I'm not um I'm not yeah I'm not closed off about anything if I am I'll, I'll definitely tell you so yeah perfect yeah. I'm glad that you set some house rules <laughs> before we started <laughs> no no that'd be fine um yeah I think I had you actually come I've actually come across you through um uh what you call your wife or who you call your wife which is flex (laughs) yes um and actually my my actually what well I call her my yin she's my yang like so we have a similar um dynamic relationship dynamic we are really close and she's like hey I really think that you should uh interview flex best friend um grace mm-hmm. and I was like yeah that would be really cool so I just like when people pitch ideas to me I'm like yeah I sit on them for a bit mm. um before I feel moved to approach somebody or till it feels right for me so um I had been following you and I loved that um the other day the time that I actually asked you to be on the podcast I love what you were sharing about even your own personal growth so mm. um I think there was stuff that resonated with me and it was so long ago that I even tried to scroll through Instagram, um, our messages, just to mm. see, like, just to recall yeah. <laughs> what it was that I was moved by because I, I have the worst memory for the life oh, of Oh, no, me. me too. Team amnesia. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was really picking up everything that you were putting down. Um, it was mm. a lot about, um, I think it was about, I guess not, yeah. I don't know, you could correct me if you can recall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember it was about, um, it was like around June. So it's September now, end of September. Mm. And like mid-June, I had just like a lot on my plate and I just could not handle it. And Sydney mm. was kind of coming out of uh, lockdown and like new normals were kind of set. Like we were all working from home and stuff. So it was that, it's very much that kind of mindset, like living from work um (laughs) and then I Mm. guess like all of the pressures and things they started to become I just started to become I am very introspective but it started to really like it was just me my thoughts and I (laughs) around Mm. that stage um and then it got to the point where I was like oh I can't do this anymore I need my own space like my work Lil and I uh Flex and I 
have our own business together and it's predominantly run out of my house my, my apartment okay, uh, cool. so like yeah it was just a lot like of, of that kind of business family things were rough um just like self-care like I'm very hard on myself so I knew that I wasn't taking care of myself as well and that was really hard on myself so I knew like it was just getting to the point where I needed help um so I ended up posting on Instagram um that you know things were just really rough for me right now and I'm going to take responsibility and seek like a a therapist for the long term because before, whenever when I've seen a therapist, it's only ever been like, um, like maybe like a death in the family um, mm. and things like that. So, I'll I'll see them like for a session, and then I'll just get everything off my chest, and I won't do like any more sessions with them. But with this one, I kind <laughs> of want to take in antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> just don't even finish the second <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but that's essentially what it was mm-hmm. um and I was pretty much just saying you know there's so many things um that I or like the biggest thing was that I was struggling and I didn't want to ask for help mm-hmm. um and I think I'm also just stubborn I don't want to I don't want to burden my friends like with um with offloading on them either Mm -hmm. but I think and during that story that I posted it was basically just saying that like it's come to the time where I can't be strong anymore like I actually need to say I need help so I'm looking for a therapist I want to go on that journey preferably like a woman of color I was just mentioning like I was it was just pretty much a real-time thought process and offload and it's weird because I would never say that to my close friends, <laughs> but I would say it to like strangers, which is so, so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much it. It was a lot of like, not really, because my parents are, um, they, like my, my parents are Samoan, but they're not, they're not old school, old school uh, mm. Samoan. So they, but it was still like, they used to be but I'm the youngest of six. So like, you know, my siblings have been through a lot. (laughs) So I think there was like, there's just this, there's a lot um, that I've noticed like going through therapy and even starting that journey um, and telling things like telling people things on my Instagram stories. (laughs) um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of like process progress that is, that has happened since then. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of like, not really, understanding the impact of like my parents on me um you know patterns that you you see like in childhood of like not wanting like help (laughs) Mm. um and like kind of escaping authority especially within like a someone um like family um those kind of patterns that we took on in order to like survive and I have a lot of compassion for myself now um having been through certain circumstances like in the past and then learning from them or like keeping certain I'll get I can get more specific about it (laughs) it's like just keeping some of the tools that you learned in order to deal with things when you were younger um and then carrying them on and some of those tools like we I carry on today but I'm realizing they're not sustainable (laughs) for me to carry um today and use today and now I need to identify why why those tools were valuable then but why now in future and ongoing like grace here and now um needs to refine like mm. her tools and also refine the goal like what kind of house we're trying to build and stuff like that 
metaphorically yeah (laughs) amen like I think that yeah that was definitely um the story that you shared on insta that really caught my attention um and really resonated with me and so it sounds like you're basically picking and dropping what serves you now like you just knowing that you know maybe that was a survival mode that you had learned to live with or use at the time not just doesn't necessarily mean that you need to keep them for the rest of your life so is that sound about right like you're picking choosing yeah 100 yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's that and it's definitely also um valuing the story because mm. like I remember we we're talking just briefly about <laughs> about having bad memories but like my memory is so bad especially for short term and like if I have a lot on my plate I can't remember things like Mm. even like I'll have to I'll have to take a moment to like recalibrate like how I actually feel about things or like how my week was or like whatever whatever it might be um just because my brain is in like autopilot like getting Mm -hmm. shit done work 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 um so I definitely needed that space like carved out for me but what I didn't realize is that like I was valuing so many other things and so many other like people and what they wanted um or their stories and I think it's like it's a it's personal but it also goes out like to a bigger picture I think like with um Pacific Islanders we um well in my case anyway I can't, in my case I didn't value like Samoan culture um like everything that I saw from it was from my family and it was really like rejected like in terms of me and my siblings and stuff like my parents took us to a Samoan church um and the kids there were kind of um all that we were like the only um were the only like markers of like our culture that we knew and it was a very extreme church (laughs) like (laughs) just super extreme um but I think like from going from like places like that even me like my experiences like in a cultural setting um like being in Australia and seeing and having access to like um African-American culture Mm. music things like that like we tend to value the things that we see obviously like you know things that we see and that become popular over our own identity so I think that it's also like it kind of leaks in like there's so many different things that affect what I um held on to be like my identity which was like being a strong woman um trying to be successful be around like certain people um who I thought um who I thought kind of embodied that success I guess and you know Mm -hmm. like um like the whole manifesting and through like attracting your tribe and like all those kind of things <laughs> you are the, the top 10 people that, that you associate uh-huh. with kind of thing like that was definitely me yeah. um and I think that um yeah like the whole valuing or like valuing my own story it really started off with like getting therapy and mm-hmm. it really started off with like even just the the act of paying someone (laughs) to Mm. talk about myself Mm -hmm. was already like a radical um, thing for me to do in like the biggest way. So I think that, um, I mean, I could talk about it forever, like about identity 
non-stop I'm here for it it's so funny just for the (laughs) listeners it's so funny we kind of don't have this podcast structured and that's exactly the reason why is because (laughs) I really wanted to get into your beautiful mind that's what I term it is that I essentially think that anyone that's doing like (laughs) um what's the word like head head miles in their head I just think you know they're just so interesting yeah because I was telling you (laughs) yeah I was like I could ramble I'm just like going off the walls so that's why I was like if you want to do the questions it's probably best for the structure but (laughs) no but some of them you're already answering because like one of one of my questions was like in in the process of redesigning your life or even not even redesigning but just designing your life Mm. um who has been most influential and who is currently influential so for you um part of that was answered in the sense that you know you really look to um you know um valuing the people around you and um believing in the fact that you know you are who you surround yourself with and I think that's really important one thing that I did or that I thought was really key in what you just said as well are you there yep yep Oh, sorry. Sometimes anchor cuts out. So I oh, just no, wanted to right. make sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, yeah, the integration of your own story. Because I feel like um, when it comes mm. to, um, you know, that soul searching, um, you know, and the, on that path of growth, you know, often we, uh, I think it's almost like a toxic thing. Not that I'm saying this is, but I was in the personal development uh, field or like area or whatever you call it mm. um it's so easy to like you know um you know want to get rid or change or yeah like I understand it's always like great to uh, want to better yourself but mm. it's at at the cost of that sometimes we reject parts of ourselves right mm. and so what I'm hearing from you is that you're really looking to look slow down your process and really lean inwards and really integrate that with yourself and accept that that's a part of you Mm. um and a part of something that doesn't need to be rejected but also inclusive and loved yeah Uh, a really key thing to be loved so that's what I'm hearing yeah um absolutely and so I I will now then just um because it was just a perfect segue like yeah who is anyone specific um and I guess there was parts of that answer um that you were saying you know when it came to um being raised in a Pacific Islander family um and then sort of um you know growing from that space into Mm. your own space and a space that you want to choose like what I like what I envisioned when you were talking was like a almost like a I don't know what this to sound stupid but like like you know when like uh like almost like a ticking time bomb but like you know how like if you if you light it and there's like that I don't know the wicker thing and then you know it's like it's a slow process Mm -hmm. for you what was the big turnaround like what was what was the moment of turnaround for yourself like was it how you discussed was it only like you know just that feeling of overwhelmed by the life that you were living at the time or mm. yeah that's why but like it's a it's a really um it's really interesting because I definitely associate it with having that like insane amount of pressure on me um and I know that like self-development can be a really like addictive thing mm, <laughs> like, yes. like when you get into it and you feel so much better 
And like, you're just like, I remember um, when I first started therapy, I just wanted to share it with everyone. Like, I was just like, I think it comes with like, our, like um, my social, like my current social climate where um, I'm always on Instagram. So every time I receive something, I want to like, every time I see something or like I have something I value, I want to share it. And I think that um, Instagram rewards that as well. But even um, when we were talking about valuing and I I suddenly like was valuing myself I wanted other people to see that I was valuing myself too and mm-hmm. so like I know like recently I, I pivoted and I'm not sharing I'm not sharing in real time um like my learnings anymore mm-hmm. um like I'm open to conversations like this and stuff I love it um but just like I'm not going out of my way anymore to to share things but something um I realized was that I was sharing with my family like a lot um, because I was make, I was having realizations in therapy um, and just in life about like our family structure and about trauma. And basically um, I was realizing that like other people, <laughs> they need to like, they need to get there themselves. Like for me, it was the <laughs> pressure, but like, I can't mimic that pressure or like, you know, like I can't do I can't like help people create that environment. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I can't have those realizations for them. I can't uh, like, I can tell them my experiences. I can be vulnerable and I can be open when I have that energy to do so and like the capacity to do so. But um, yeah, like for me, it was definitely like, I just got to my breaking point um, and I reached out to my friends um, through Instagram because I know they all <laughs> I know they all watch it um, but I was also just looking for like a therapist at that time so I was looking for suggestions mm. um, and then um, it was cr- it was crazy like that was the boiling point but as soon as I did it like I just got so many affirmations of like like very personal affirmations not just like people like oh my god yes do it but <laughs> but um <laughs> like one of my friends, her name's Emily. She is, and she's my, she's the best. <laughs> she <laughs> is, um, she's just an amazing, like strong, um, very honest, like very adventurous woman, um, really empowering. And she really like walks the, walks the walk. <laughs> mm. Um, so when I did that, a few days later, she came back to me and she had like, um, she had ta- like, asked me how my journey was going with finding a therapist. Then she presented a therapist to me and then she offered to pay for my first three sessions. And mm. she's like, I want to support you. Not, not in a way that, um, you know, it's just like, Hey, like pat on the back. She's like, actually like you, you never open up like this. to me." <laughs> so she's like, let, let me like, you know, let me help you. I want you to know that you're loved and all this kind of, and that hit me so mm. hard. I was mm. like, not only, um, was it just like such a radical um, expression of just love and support? But I also realized that I had never leaned on my friends like that. Like I have so many amazing friends Mm. and like, even like she didn't have to pay for it. Like even her just sending me these things and like, you know, like, um, and like the words of like the life that she spoke into me, I think that um, in itself was just such a huge thing. And I'm just like, you really have to, like, obviously um, I'm definitely blessed and privileged to like have these kind of friends, but in terms of individual um, like journey, (laughs) 
Mm. and people's I don't know like want like I wouldn't everybody can go like I'm the biggest I love personality tests I love (laughs) I love Tony Robbins I love Uh like you know what I mean like I love like all of that kind of like um self-development self-growth like mental health um but it was all very much like cliche like Mm. now but like the cliches are like just repetitive you know what I mean and then they Mm. just become cliches but what you realize or what I realize is that like the truth is always relevant so like all those things that I knew and all the knowledge that like I was hoarding and like held on to now in my current state (laughs) Mm. um, and like my current journey and process like all these things are are suddenly they're personal (laughs) yeah they're like they're really hitting the spots (laughs) And I'm like, oh, like it's no longer a concept. Like it's now I'm really feeling it um, and it's making me I feel away. <laughs> I love all of this. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, FYI, I did an Enneagram. <laughs> oh, yes. Awesome. What did you get? <laughs> um, I was a nine. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I'll give you a little breakdown. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like she knows me now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What so what Um, did you um yeah, what did you find out about Nyan? Oh, I I still have to read the whole detail of it, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's pretty much essentially me. It's almost (laughs) like, damn it, that's what I end up with. Oh, did 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 anything like like I know you just you only just um kind of delved into it i'm definitely was... go with the flow so like it that's okay, yeah. one of the descriptions mm-hmm. um it's almost like i and i don't like conflict yeah um but i will have it i will have it with the ones that are really close to me because i feel still safe yeah um but when i feel like um when i feel so attacked in the sense that i start to question myself i don't want a part of it <laughs> yeah but when I'm so sure of myself and I'm so comfortable with the other person and I guess I think I think on flip when I flip that on the head on its head I realize that um I value that person enough that I want to resolve whatever it is that Mm. is bugging me Mm. um but when it comes to like others Mm -hmm. um but in general I would say I avoid conflict Mm. um but like even like I went through like I w- I did like a um, a coaching program with one of my coaches um, and oh I also want to acknowledge mm. that like the act of paying for a service <laughs> yeah is like mountain moving because yeah. um, even for the view of self because I like my yeah I could so relate to what you said earlier mm. um, and it was more about you yeah, really reclaiming my worth when it came to do that like it was like mm. I matter this much that I'm going to invest in myself that's it that's right um, and so that yeah like you, I, I could have not done the program and still come away satisfied because I just it was just like something that I did that was out of character but also really confident building mm. confidence building um, but anyhow so um, yeah. I did the program and it was about authenticity and it was having really authentic conversations um, and it was about having authentic hard conversations and it was just like I, I have um uh, she's like um, a proxy sister. Well, I can't mm-hmm. by proxy. Um, she's like, oh, I grew up with her. Um, and so it's like best mates that had basically become family. 
Mm-hmm. And I just cared so much about what she thought of me. Um, mm. And I, um, to the point where it really affected um, the way I viewed myself and it, it, it affected the way that I was connecting with her too. Mm. Um, and so like in order to be free from that, I really needed to let her know. And I just wanted, I didn't want her to do anything about it. I just felt the to the freedom to be able to just share that with her and not feel unsafe in my head anymore about mm. it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so um, what was the point is <laughs> my Dory moment. I'm like, what's the point of saying this all? No, um, no I really, truly have lost track. Of <laughs> I was Your telling the story. Conflict. Oh, friendship, yeah. And it's just sister. like, yes, yeah, I would always, um, would always fear conflict with because she's mm. really powerful presence. Mm. Um, she's really, um, <laughs> she's really confident, and it's almost like we've had we've like almost near had punch ups like together. Wow. Like honestly, <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, you name it, we've done there, we've been there, and so like I always looked up to her, but I always had this sense of like feeling like I owed her something yeah. um, because she has helped her not only her but her whole family has really helped um, me along the way and so I've always felt this indebtedness like I've always felt indebted to her mm. um, and that's affected the way I view myself um, always less than mm. when it came to our relationships and that, that's my own problem and I recognize that and that was important for me to let her know that I recognize that I own that and I want to be free from mm. it and sh- you know what like me like building that up in my head uh, about how it was going to turn out. It turned out so beautifully mm. because she's also grown herself mm. um, and she's also on a path of growth and she's just one beautiful woman now. Mm. Not that she wasn't. <laughs> Sis, if you're listening to this, don't, <laughs> don't take her face. Um, it's just that we both have grown and it was such a beautiful conversation to have. Um, yeah, and so – like I feel like it's always within our head before it is actually uh, out in a conversation when you're actually exchanging with someone about the conflict. But yeah, that's I'm a nine. People end up <laughs> moral of the story is that I'm a nine, Aww. and I hate conflict. Sorry, that's that somehow it. ended up. No, that's it. All that's nine. That's so. Um, that's so <laughs> nine of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Please enlighten more about nines. <laughs> well, nines are the last. Uh, so there's the Enneagram is um, it's like a concept, I guess, um, okay. that there are nine personality archetypes um, okay. and that the archetypes are connected. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so the reason why I love it is because you it will show you your archetype and it, it will also show you different health levels. So, you could be like an unhealthy level, an average level, or, um, uh, or an extremely <laughs> healthy um, and enlightened nine. Um, but yeah, like the stereotype for nines is that um, when, like, yeah, that is that they they're in the the anger triad. So I am too. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so like we, so it's like the body. I think. Don't 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 quote me on this, but <laughs> but so there's three um different triads. So there's um there's one, two, three. So two, three, and four have shame. That's like their core sin. Um, mm. five, six, and seven have fear. So that that's their core sin. And then eight, nine, and one have anger. 
zone, like that they keep in their body. Um, so like they are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like when when it when the going gets tough, um, it'll usually um, it'll usually come out as anger. Um, mm. So like whether that means that you store it in your body and you get like like for nines, for example, you usually won't know that a nine is mad until they're mad mm. <laughs> like until they've had enough and then suddenly they got lists of things that you've done <laughs> <laughs> oh that's um, me <laughs> yeah and I think it can come across as like a bit um like shocking to other people because nines are so they're, they're the peacemaker but um as soon right. as they're fed yeah. up like they got some shit to say so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the accuracy it's wild right <laughs> uh, what else do I know about nines um yeah they're the, they're the peacekeeper it says yeah it says taking wings into account. You seem to be a nine. Um, we W eight. What is that? Okay, yep. So I'm a I'm an eight. So with each um with each um type, you can kind of like leak is the wrong word, but you can lean <laughs> into <laughs> the types that are beside you or the type okay. that you are. Um, okay. so you can be an, uh, a nine wing nine or a nine mm-hmm. wing one or a nine wings eight so either side okay so the theory that i subscribe to is that you can kind of tap into each and anyone i don't think that you're a solid one like you oh, like okay. you're a solid um uh, nine wing one or a nine wing eight i think okay. that like we tend to go to either side anyway <laughs> nine wing eight <laughs> um eight 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 um the website that I suggest is Crystal Nose. Let me bring it up. Crystal Nose. Oh, and yes. Uh, I think I, like, I've seen that on your screen. And oh. I went to go do that and <laughs> save it for later. But then I just, like, when I, but I've seen that on your story ages ago. It's only coming to my memory now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I just did, like, Electric Energies. That's the website I did mine on. Oh, okay. No, so the, the I only suggest it because it's, um, it's really simple. It really like says it um, in a concise way. So oh, it says okay. nine wing eights are afraid of being separated from the world. They avoid this by preventing conflict. However, their eight wing. <laughs> <laughs> so their eight wing also encourages them to be assertive, which can create internal tension. Their basic desire mm. is to be internally balanced. They seek to be at peace with themselves and others. Um, advisors defend advisors defend themselves by numbing their negative emotions through routine and repetitive patterns they avoid facing their own internal struggles by distracting themselves in this way well hello everyone (laughs) that is me it's so interesting it's so interesting (laughs) what did you turn out to be what was your scores um i am an eight and oh okay i think i'm an eight wing nine (laughs) so we're literally besides each other so i'm definitely feeling it Um, but eight's like the stereotype okay so the stereotype for nine though is that yeah they're the peacekeeper um Mm. and like one of my friends she really absorbs the energy from other people Mm. um so to the point where it will make her like a clumsy thinker like if (laughs) does that hit (laughs) yes yeah so holy moly that's yeah so she said that 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 phrase clumsy thinker was like like no one has ever described her in that way (laughs) and I think so like basically she told me this story 
where she um, was coming to like a job review and she thought she did really well. She was like, yeah, it's going to be great. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she can, she was marking off the list of things that she'd done. And then when she got to there, they were like, oh, you, you need improvement here. You were late here, like this and that. And then she was like, oh, what the hell? Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I, I, I guess so. And then she walked away and then she was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I, I like this isn't me. Like I did so well. Like these, and then she, like you know, I think because like like it's not that they're not assertive, but they're not. They do. I don't know what it what it leans into. Like the the enneagram does show an in depth view of like what that feeling or where you don't um step up to defend yourself and stuff like in those kind of instances mm. where it stems from. So okay. it can you, it can tell you like the nine will show you the child, um, like the childhood traumas basically of like what a, <laughs> what a, of what a nine had to go through in order to right. kind of um, internalize their um, conflicts in that kind of way in that sense. Okay, and so the nine will be like really um, yeah, but it's interesting. Like even the things that they like sometimes yeah I don't know nines like they prioritize comfort. Um, they have like a very like um, comfortable, predictable routine, um, but yeah, that the clumsy thinker is definitely the the one that I <laughs> that I use that because <laughs> like yeah, and I think that's a good way to to approach nines as well. Is that like you or me to my friend to be a good friend to her? I want to I want her to know that we can do anything that she wants to do because <laughs> I know that she doesn't usually create that space um, for herself or the space right. to tell someone no, like, I don't feel like doing that or actually like, I want to stay home. Like, can we just stay home and drink tea? I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's and so interesting. That is so crazy. Cause like literally I think last, last weekend, my sister-in-law shared with me, she got a reading done. Ooh. Yeah. She, um yeah so she got a reading done and she was saying that um she was uh the the psychic had to take daggers out of her back um she had she had like low lower um back pain yeah and um so then like oh when she when the psychic was healing her she was saying oh you got lower back pain she's like usually that's got to do with um daggers in your back and then she's like okay we're just gonna clear um and forgive sister-in-laws oh my gosh I'm a sister-in-law and like so she was sharing this with me and I like felt it so deeply that I was like clumsy the the whole rest of the week because I was like surely it's not me like I didn't even share those with her till like yeah this weekend but it was just like I just felt it so deeply and like I can definitely if my um the my wife the one that I, I call Yin she would definitely attest that I am a clumsy thinker oh, <laughs> oh, oh, protect nines at all costs I say oh bless <laughs> So true. Listen to Gordon D. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, my favorite people are nines. So Aww. love that. And so I love that you love Enneagrams and I love that you like personality tests. And how has that really benefited your life? Um, I like the way that I think is I would say like a nine, like like clumsy thinker. Um and I I always like I've never valued my story to the point where um, I just didn't have that, like, 
like self-awareness like behavior behave behaviorally <laughs> can't even speak <laughs> on a behavioral <laughs> sense like um uh what was I saying self-awareness like I was obviously like I I knew I knew how to act and all that kind of thing but when it came to um like knowing myself innately and who I was I could not summon just the vocabulary the words <laughs> like mm. and I think that it was I was obsessed with it because I didn't know um like who I was like um on that kind of level I and I, I don't think there are many tools to kind of unless you just unless you have that affirmation maybe if you have that affirmation from like you know when you're growing up that you are um that you're special or like you know you're able to you have access to try new activities like say art or like like whatever like, interests that people might have um then you're kind of affirmed if you're good at it and stuff like that and I just had so many things so many things that I could do but I just wasn't passionate about like um for example like what's that saying they said the ja- the jack of all trades but the master of none like that was mm. me I always had <laughs> my foot in every pie um every week I was like you know I'm quitting my job trying anything (laughs) like just all over the place um and I think that the personality tests helped me to like refine um like my passions based off of uh my personality because I think that 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 is really helpful and a good thing to aspire to to like do something that aligns with your personality like if you're an outgoing person and you want to work one-on-one with people like you don't really want to find a job or like, you know, a, a partner who will, who, um, well, I guess not, not necessarily partner, but a job that um, you're isolated in, you know, and then mm. you work alone in um, if you know that your personality can't really take it. And I think yes. that kind of, yeah, I think that really, um, yeah, just, just helped me refine in, in every way. I, I still, so like, yeah. So I think that that was also like a very interesting um like 180 for me to put a lot of value on like these tests which come from like you know a lot of research history background um you know like experiments like things like that but as soon as it turned back around onto me suddenly it was overwhelming (laughs) like suddenly (laughs) I was like oh my god I've actually lived like a whole 25 years of life and I still don't even know or like, you know, now I'm in the process of, of knowing who I am, what I want and um, how to make decisions in a, in an informed way, like in a guttural, um, in a guttural sense that aligns with logic. Mm. Um, but yeah. Super, well, super I love that. I love that. And like, I, and I heard that it's really cultivated your relationships too. Like what you just mentioned is like, you know, now that you're aware of uh, your personality type, but you're also aware of your others and mm. that applies to, you know, cultivating that those relationships and connections you have. Oh my gosh. That was actually a massive thing because yeah. I was big on knowing that people could get me where I needed to be mm. and like big on like energy, <laughs> all those mm. kind of things when I first came out um, of school even. And that um, it's partly like why I like, if I'm completely honest, why I didn't want to, um, or I didn't value like the Pacific Islander culture 
because it was very like give to everyone else before you give to yourself and I'm like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do that (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I knew I was selfish from a young age (laughs) Uh, and I just really wanted to like do better like I wanted I wanted my my mom was able to send me to a private school yeah um when yeah when I was younger and we went from like eight of us living in an in a three-bedroom home to eight of us living in a seven bedroom home. And then it was like, my mum was able to like, you know, do a lot um, for like the family and for us. And I think I just saw that, like, I just like, I saw my mum's hard work. I saw what she was able to, to do for us. And then I was put into this school and there were, it was just so different. <laughs> like mm. home life, school life, two different places. And mm. I definitely valued like just hard work and um, progress. And like, I knew that I, um yeah that like I knew like my mom's friends people she surrounded herself with and like people around school and like opportunities they were able to give me um even when I left school and stuff like that like it was just so interesting um and it was like it was obviously like a clever way for me to think back then but I think I have a lot of I harbor a lot of guilt now um Mm based off of like not valuing my culture and not um and not really like being in tune I guess Mm. with like what's currently happening um you know for Pacific Islanders in ways that um I can I can help and I can access so it's definitely like this internal wrestle in my Mm. mind of like um okay like like what like where do I stand (laughs) what is my position I guess like in terms of identity and Mm. on like a on a on a legacy like basis as well like who am I (laughs) and what am I about yeah so what where has that brought you to now when when you say like you know like you say it's all can I first ask like yeah what was your experience like in in that sense when you could you expand more about you know um your experience or what you've seen when you were younger in terms of like the Pacific Island culture um lots of giving um yeah because my example is like the way that I viewed it is that my dad would give to the church to the point that we would be eating bread and butter for lunch yeah yeah absolutely Um, so yeah, do you could you please expand expand on life and what your experiences were as a child? Yeah, um, absolutely. I have a lot of compassion um, for like you know that kind of mindset. Like when you were talking about your dad, mm. um, but it also has its consequences and impacts on like you know kids. So I think it's it was it's hard uh, for me to. Like, I just want to preference that with saying that, like, I'm not trying to bash my parents. <laughs> like, we're, we're not here to, like, bash and Absolutely. shame my mom and dad. But, like, these things did happen. And I mm-hmm. think it's, like, respecting the fact that, you know, these things happen, there are consequences and, uh, like, trauma that comes from it. But, like, just understanding that that's what it, it is what it is. <laughs> like, that, that is what yeah. happened. Uh, so, like, yeah, I think, like, culturally... My, my dad is very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he's Christian, um, but he's like extremely evangelical. Mm-hmm. I think like if you live in the Campbelltown area, <laughs> you probably know my dad. <laughs> uh, 
like I remember, yeah like he's so evangelical um he would just pray over anyone in the streets mm. like he just roams the streets like asking people if they know jesus like he's very like just walking around the streets speaking in tongues like he's he's extreme like at my brother's 21st birthday he did an altar call <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like my is dad, he a pastor is he no he's just a piece of preacher i don't know um okay yeah, he's yeah he's he's had the opportunity to i don't know why he doesn't want to be a pastor um i think he just wants to live his best life and mm. yeah and and preach and travel and i don't know um bless yeah bless him um but it's very surreal. Like it's because you have someone who's, who preaches and I think um, the way that, you know, our parents are brought up, I don't know about your parents, I'm just saying out because we're specific. <laughs> but um, it's very black and white. It's like you do this and you go to hell or you go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very like black and white, very extreme. Whereas like the Christ that I like growing up, the relationship, um, or I guess like the understanding that I had of it um, was very separate from my dad's. So it like my dad would give, <laughs> give all that he could give um, to the church, like you were saying, and he would pray for everybody, but he was very conservative. Like I had to dress a certain way mm-hmm. uh, to an obsessive point and couldn't go anywhere. Um, you know, it was like a very controlled environment um but just very like when you have these two extreme lives like my reality became like my reality so like (laughs) so like my reality also dictated the fact that those things weren't true um but still within keeping that lens of like black and white which is why I harbor like so much um so much like guilt because I think for a lot of Christian people you can't take away the Christian lens if you're brought up with it like there's there's this like uh yeah, innate like, anxiety that you have mm-hmm. <laughs> like about doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. um about like this like kind of surveillance that I have um this surveillance mentality where I'm like um that drives me to do the right thing or like that drives me to give and that drives me to um to try and understand and have patience with people um so would you say that it's like a, a compass for you? Yeah, it's definitely like the black and white compass. But like, um, have you heard of the Eric? Have you heard of Eric Byrne? He's mm-hmm. um, a psychologist, but he has this theory, um, this concept that there's like three, that there's um, your consciousness is like separate. So there's, but they're connected. So you've got one consciousness and they've got three kind of realms. Mm-hmm. And the first one is your, par- your par- parental um consciousness Mm -hmm. so everything you learned like culturally um everything you learned culturally from your parents I guess like right and wrong like school culture whatever um then the second one is the adult so that's me grace here and now Mm -hmm. and then the third one is the child so Mm -hmm. like everything you decided as a child was like you you like to go outside and play (laughs) you like nature like you decided that as a child that you liked um you like to be around your friends, but then those decisions can be in conflict with your other consciousness. Okay. So like when you're an adult, the goal is, well, in my case, I see it as like, my goal is to be an adult and live in the present here and now, 
but also being like I am informed by my parental and like child mind or like mm. consciousness mm-hmm. but it's like okay when is that like my experience and like sometimes it can they call it um um contaminating the adult mm. mind mm. so like um yeah so like things that were you were told by your parents and that consciousness and the the analysis that you had like from that um from like your parents <laughs> um yeah. sometimes it can contaminate you like as an adult oh um, I like this yeah yes. so you're like the decisions that I make now I'm like okay is this me is this great it's like do I know that this is right and true mm. um or is this like a, a fear and an anxiety that was put onto me by like by like you know my child mind but like there's also like really beautiful um interpretations of it where like your child um, mind is like the mind that you go, the consciousness that you go to when you enjoy things, you know, like um, when I went camping, I saw like with my family, there were like horses like running. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, And then we were just like, yeah, like just jumping up and down like (laughs) these horses. And like, that's like my, I would say that that was like my child, um, what I, how I learned to celebrate and to enjoy like as a child, like that's like appreciative. Like true play. Yeah. True play. Enjoyment. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. So, like, I I considered that a lot when understanding, um, like, my upbringing with my parents, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't make me, um, like, broken (laughs) Um, Mm. and it doesn't make me incapable, um, but it is what it is. It does inform, like, my body. Like, I think a lot of people say uh, trauma stays in the body. It's yeah. stored in the body. Mm. And I think it does, like, a lot of the anxiety, the, the anxieties and the pressures and things that I have are, like, um, are based off of uh, these, like, conflicts in my mind that, mm. like, I wrestle with. But it's, like, understanding. Another thing that I do is that, like, I would just make a decision and just deal with it. <laughs> like, yeah. if I'm, like, okay, like, I, I want to sleep. I'm so tired, but I have so much work to do. So I'm like, okay, which one am I going to choose? Am I going to do the work or am I going to go to bed? And it's like, okay, so if I don't, if I go to bed, the consequences, mm. I have even more <laughs> the next day or whatever <laughs> it might be. So like, am I willing to deal with that consequence? Yeah. And then I'm just like, okay, let's, let's go to sleep. <laughs> Otherwise I'll be like, um, okay, if I do this work, I'll be even more tired, but I'll be able to get to sleep. Like, you know, like I'll rationalize it and then I'll just do it. I'm like, okay, this is the consequence. I'm going to do it even though I feel shit about it. And even though I don't want to do it, like I'm going to do it and I'm going to like consciously make a decision to do this. And I think that really helps like with my anxiety. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. Instead of like (laughs) just mulling on like if and or, um, and then sleeping on it without understanding the consequences either. Absolutely. I love that you've shared this with um, All Things Growth audience. Oh, my God. I'm um, so off topic. No, I just, everything, I'm like, I see, like, gifts in my head, like, mic drops, like, constantly oh. out of this. So there's so much knowledge bombs. And I'm so appreciative that um, you've actually shared these types of sources that you've, like, you know, um now I'm lost for words that you (laughs) pulled pulled on to you know um really manage things for you and ever since then now you have the tools or you have some Mm. tools for yourself like how like uh, do you you, yeah yeah, do you feel like you have like almost 
um, better self, like self, a sense of better sense of self control. In that sense, like knowing that you kind of have uh, the autonomy to decide and make choices all the time. Like like you were just mentioning, like you can either choose this way, and that's the thought process for that, and that's the consequence of that. Or even just like I love this concept of um, the three or the triad of consciousness. Like mm. you've got your parental. Mm. Um, conscious and then you've got your child conscious and then you've got your, the here and now mm. I freaking love that so how many times has that served you and do you like and at what point do you get to that point of using that um tool you know I like do you find that like if you're going wild <laughs> in your thoughts or in your like you mentioned like you're feeling really anxious about something in, at what point do you um, call on those tools? Like I, you went, because there's this thing in child development, child trauma, we, it's called flip the lid. Mm. Um, and so when a child flips the lid, it's like there's no, they just, there's no coming back. You really just need to allow that process to take mm. um, place. Um, and then you sort of, when the lid comes back on, that's when you're able to um, almost calm, your, calm yourself and regather yourself and then re, um, re, regroup and so like are you finding that it's more um beneficial for you uh like do you find that it's like an easy tool that you call on and it's like almost instantaneously uh shifts um something for you or do you find that it's like after a certain something that happens like and then it's like post a situation or Mm. I think um I've harbor a lot of like physically it's very like it's constant like I'm constantly feeling things um physically right so when a situation does come up Mm. um that I'm in conflict with in my mind Mm. um let's say work (laughs) so (laughs) so um I I definitely like it is hard like it's not um like a like a cute little tool <laughs> that I like. Oh my god! Like, let me just summon my like <laughs> like my decision making wand. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> like the the, <laughs> the first step for me is like um like oh, I can't tell you how much my gut does flips. Like my gut, mm. my chest, and my ribs. Like they really go through it <laughs> on, on a daily basis. Um, so I think like it's, it's this intrusive, like bodily, um, like not impulsion, but like this intrusive bodily feeling that I get. And it's like, I actually feel like I first have to understand what that is. And I don't know if you can relate as a nine, but sometimes I don't know, like, cause I suppress, um, my feelings in order to value, um, or help others first because the um things that other people do affect me greatly <laughs> uh, like anxiety yeah. wise <laughs> so I relate so much I relate so much yeah yeah so um I first have to be like okay like I need to take a moment if it's in conversation I will literally like pause I'll be like okay just give me a moment and if I don't have the clarity to understand like if I like I can usually say okay I feel good about this or I feel bad Mm. um and if I feel anxious I'm like okay is it oh I gotta send you this wheel of emotions it is so good it's like in the big in the middle of it it's like angry sad happy excited whatever and Mm. then it goes out to describe so if you do sad it's like are you frustrated do you feel um 
guilty do you feel Mm. like it's all these little um different adjectives that you can use to pinpoint um what emotion that you're feeling Mm. um anyway that's helpful (laughs) absolutely yeah but I think like I just do it on a very on a very like elementary level I'm just like do I feel good do I feel bad (laughs) (laughs) um and I usually feel that once I pinpoint it like it kind of dissipates no it doesn't Mm. dissipate but it's like it settles a bit like okay I'm sad do I feel like and I feel it in my body do I feel sad okay cool um like what do we need to do and then um it's usually circumstantial like you know something in a specific circumstance is making me feel away um and then I'll unpack it from there but it's honestly like it has a lot to do with my gut like these tools that I have I summon because I'm obsessed with tools and I don't know how to read my body. Like I really do not know how to read my body. So like for other people, yeah, I really, I really don't. Well, I I don't think you're alone there. I think that's quite common for um, lots actually, like in terms of not, not having the right tools or the self-awareness or the in or the know about our bodies. Like I think that's really common. Um, And I think it's an everyday practice or an everyday thing that we have to grow, grow through because like, if we think about it, like, and we're going back to the child, like, mm. we came in knowing ourselves actually quite really well in that sense. And then, you know, but then we're, like, bombarded with so much learnings and teachings and what have you. And then um, sort of that's influenced the way that we think and we feel. And um, with that comes, like, I don't know, there's so much thing that there's shame around crying. Um, and so we're almost, we've almost been taught to like not feel or that oh. feeling is negative. Um, and I was listening to a podcast and I can't really remember what it was and I'm, it's sucky, but um, that emotions are a signpost of whatever is going on. And I, essentially that's what you've um, been saying the whole entire podcast is like, um you know, having having that awareness or having that, like, you know, you those tools have really helped you to, like, have some more self-awareness and it's imperative to, like, know more um, even about yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, I'm, like, it's just, like, I was um, my niece and I often actually do this in coaching sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, really allowing them to, like, embrace their emotions I think it's really important because it's it's something that is so um suppressed um and like you said it can create that trauma in the body right yeah I um um, yeah sorry and I love and I love that I just love that how you said like uh, it like emotions can help tell you what you're in need of and it helped read whatever it is that you're in need and I I loved like hearing that emotions are your signpost so and even the consciousness like you can always have like I don't know about you but even listening to you say that was just like always to like affirming you're always in power you're always Mm. you're always like in control and Mm. it's like what do you what are you going to do to choose to like understand yourself better or like Mm. um see that you can at any point always be in control so long as you have if you know so long as you allow yourself the time um to to do that to a moment yeah. for you to like really process things like I love how you're saying that Legit. you know uh, well I'm just gonna I'm just gonna marinate on whatever you just 
whatever whatever this situation is or the conversation that I've had until I feel confident or know exactly how I feel about a situation yeah oh 100% and I think that's it and like when I was I was I usually don't understand things because my therapist told me about that um about Eric Byrne Mm. and because she knows I really like to have tools but Mm -hmm. I need to feel them like I need to be I need to feel them out so when I was like I was asking her to like give me an example and I was like I don't really get how it's going to help me like make decisions and she's like it's just got to be a well I don't want to quote her but basically what I took from it is that she mentioned that like if grace adult grace is signing a contract like you want it to be adult grace you don't want it you don't want child grace um and the information that you've received there to sign a contract Mm. like that kind of consciousness Mm. um but you're aware that it's like yeah um but one thing that you were saying about children um and allowing their emotions I think is so important and like um I'm getting to an age where like I want to think about like having kids and stuff. So I'm so obsessed with like <laughs> with anything childlike. Um, and I, I think especially like um, in Samoan Pacific Islander culture, like breaking the curse of um, anger, frustration mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So that's something that I've been tackling, tackling a lot. And I think I have a really help, another helpful tool. <laughs> yes. Um, we're here for the tools. On. Yeah. So <laughs> Something um, that she illustrated for me that was really helpful was that um, the the way that a child's um, worldview is met. So in a very simple um, concept, right? Mm-hmm. So say there's a circle. At the top of the circle, you have the child. Mm-hmm. The child, it just exists. Like <laughs> The child exists and then it has needs. So then like you go down the circle, it has down around the circle, you meet a point where the child has needs. Just uh, an innate, obviously, fact that every child will have a need, right? Innate to them. The child expresses that need and the child is met with, um, say, like aggression, um, say, anger, rejection, um, and things like that, right? So the child then feels that the need is not met Um, And then there's also like other factors of that where the child now thinks that, okay, their needs are not valued. So, and then the worldview is there for, I am not valued. The world is not safe. And like the child, like their needs will not be met like by this world. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, if in turn you had a good relationship with like Mm -hmm. people who did fulfill your needs, you'd have, the child, the child exists, the child has needs, the child expresses the needs, the child is met with validation, acceptance, love, encouragement, then the child goes on, um, it feels like the needs are met, it's satiated, and now it says, you know, I have, I have value, um, this world is a safe world, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes it, there's variables outside of our control, like pandemic or whatever, but it's important that in that child's micro world, Mm-hmm. that it's needs are met so like if you have like a um... so basically your ch- <laughs> so basically your childhood attachments reflect your adult <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and I think it's so, so important because I think if now 
you know um yeah if now you 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 see or you have that kind of worldview it's really like it's really interesting to go back and unpack like what needs were met as a child yeah. um for you as a child and what wasn't and like you were saying like it goes into attachment styles which is a whole nother thing <laughs> <laughs> um but I think that was really interesting because like mm-hmm. you know especially in religious and cult in a cultural sense um you have needs you know as an individual and then stereotypically someone's <laughs> someone's like to um give everything you know mm-hmm. Um, and then you're left with this like really non-abundant like lifestyle where we're eating like you know like you're saying like we're eating like bread and butter Mm. um so I think it's just really like having the compassion for like what that made of you um it's good to have compassion for like our parents but I think that often it is I don't know I'm really I really wrestle with like having the compassion and um like claiming not claiming but like yeah claiming (laughs) claiming that this happened to me you know like because I think I can really justify like my parents stance and what they knew yeah and things like that and I really default to that like understanding but by doing that it's a fine line between understanding and dismissing what the impact that it's had on you yeah so it's absolutely. a very complicated um yeah it's a, it's a really complicated um thing to unpack like trauma with some with people who that you love <laughs> you know um, amen yeah but you know it doesn't yeah it's it doesn't diminish the fact that they cause you trauma like you still love them but naming it right naming it it's like so important because you know like yeah exactly what you just said like you don't want to dismiss that it happened to you because it's a very real experience for you and without being able to address it or name it it also like is dismissive of it too so when you Mm. name it you reclaim power um over it as well and so like yeah I agree like I think we have similar experiences in the sense that like I my father um it was mainly my father because he mm-hmm. was he was straight from the island. So he um, mm. born in Samoa, then he moved to New Zealand, met him, my mom, got married, and then they moved here. And I also want to um, I appreciate the fact that you mentioned like um, there's no shame in where our parents have come through, and we're not here to like bash them or mm. degrade them or yeah. you know degrade the experience that they brought into our lives I, yeah. I wholeheartedly hand on my heart uh agree and stand with you on that one mm. um and I only really accepted that um in I guess I think it was 25 too when I accepted that I, it was really <laughs> it was really hard um it was hard for me to accept that though because I was yeah. really um in a place where I wasn't happy where I was and so I I went external and I started to blame other, you know, factors as to why I wasn't where I was in my life. Mm. Um, Not saying that that's the situation here, but now with understanding and processing and, um, you know, unpacking even my own uh, trauma, I was able Mm. to realise that, you know, it's that saying that, you know, your parents only did what they knew or, could only yeah. do as much as they knew yeah um 
that really hit home for me when I was around 25. And it's like when I finally started to accept that, my life started to change as well. But I also, like you mentioned, it's really important to not reject the fact that that experience happened for me too because mm-hmm. that very experience that did happen for me has really uh, it has been essential for my growth. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, when we were younger, um I had this view and even my brothers to this point, like uh, my, my two brothers in particular have massive trauma around um, their, their perception of uh, Samoan culture um, and church mm. and how that was almost the, the mix of the two has almost abused their view of the perception of Samoan culture too. Mm. Um, and yeah. I think later on in life, um, you know, I we grew up predominantly in white schools. However, yeah. we did have our, you know, our at-home life where it was church, yeah. it was Samoan gatherings, it was what have you. Yeah. Um, and then it, my parents separated and that sort of left with my dad, like any of that culture, any of that church, any of that tradition. Mm. And then my mom sort of... Um, took the reins and she kind of like I don't know if it was part of her not wanting to have any part of my dad anymore to not um include that in our life Mm. but there was always something that I felt like I was um I wasn't complete or full as a result of not really having that true identity Mm. even if it was sabotaging I was like I still wanted to know you know like Mm. um my culture and so I later on um, went through to this, like, it's actually my cousin who runs it. It's called, it, at the time it was called, oh, my gosh, Angnu'u, Fa'asamo Angnu'u 101. And there I actually learned there's so much beauty in the Samoan culture. Wow. There's so much, um, yeah, so much to be proud of and that there was a lot that, um, there was a lot that, existed in the Samoan culture that was actually isolated um like that I don't know how to put this mm-hmm. um where the roots of our Samoan tradition and culture um, yeah I know what you're saying yeah wasn't yeah. had nothing really to do with the way that we perceived it because of mm-hmm. the experiences that we experienced so for example like you know the I don't know the sua so like the thing that you take like when we do like ceremonies or what what have you and there's like those nowadays they have like money in a bottle and mm-hmm. it's like as a, a respect or oh I don't want to speak on this because I'm not fluent <laughs> I'm not fluent right. in what I'm talking about but like that has been as times have um evolved that has been like um almost like commercialized and it's yeah. like it's become completely competition rather than keeping the essential true beauty of the Samoan tradition oh um, absolutely yeah yes. I totally feel that yeah totally feel that like whenever somebody passes away mm. in our family it's mm-hmm. all about money it's crazy mm. it's like suddenly it's who can give the most and like who has the nicest like like mats and like food yeah and like I just don't like like the Samoan way like when it comes to things like that but it's very like I've only experienced it in Australia, so it's yeah. so different. It's very like the the true meaning and things are like very watered down, I guess. 
Yeah, um, well, it was, oh, and I really, I'll send it to you later. And I'm really sorry, listeners, if, um, I'm sorry. I've, cut, if I've cut you off from, like, um, <laughs> from the learnings of what I'm trying to talk about. But, um, like, the back in the days when they used to exchange and do that and honor the dead and um, all that stuff, it was really simple. It was like a coconut with um, something. and But now it's been transferred and translated to, like, money in a bottle Mm. and then like you know there's still the like traditional fine mats and stuff like that but it's almost like it's really like it's ego really ego has come into it and that's where we need to get back to the true essence of our Samoan culture rather than um you know you know Mm -hmm. questioning I think there's a lot of self-questioning that needs to happen when it comes to keeping our tradition alive Mm. um and like that's within our family we always say give what you can because um we you know at the end of the day it's you know and even if it's like in one of the teachers of that that course that I did um was saying it's just out of love if you can't give him money that you can give him like I don't know support or like yeah. you know rocking up and doing the dishes or something like that it doesn't necessarily be need to be money but somehow it's just been really over exaggerated really like showcased yeah. and like all about ego so um and it's just unfortunate that you know my brother's uh, perception of someone tradition is still um locked into what we experience with children yeah I'm very oh. yeah I I I, I totally get it mm. like why they would why they would yeah because like, yeah and because up until that course I too had those views because it was just like you know like we as our experiences were valid like fuck I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to school with bread and butter acting like there's some spread on my <laughs> sandwiches like oh, that's not what? right you know and that transfers and I love how you mentioned that we um our child connections and attachments has definitely come through to um our adult our current present adult lives um yeah and but, I think that's yeah sorry go ahead I'm like no no you, you think that's what no you think that's what <laughs> what are you saying no I think that's really good another great tool overall is to like when you really want to unpack or gain that some of that self-awareness and really you know go deep into insight on who you are and what like how you operate and what types of patterns of behaviors you have it's always like a good place to start when you're at your childhood and your relationship oh, to your parents. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Cause I think that our parents also had a lot of sacrifice and identity. <laughs> like also have a similar identity crisis to us uh-huh. too, because I think when I, when I made a, um, a claim about my dad uh, to my siblings and I said, I don't think dad has like, an identity out of religion mm. like he doesn't like he is like like exactly the way that I described you like that is what my dad sees himself as like mm-hmm. he's just a warrior like for Jesus like a warrior yeah. for God that's full all he knows. yeah fully like that's all he does um dedicated his life to it that's that's it whereas like like we don't he doesn't see um like his actions I, I guess he does like I know that he does have a lot of remorse um but uh, and regret um but like separating religion and culture was a big step for my dad <laughs> mm-hmm. um 
and I think that he got there, but obviously still like he only know, he only knows what he knows. But mm-hmm. based off of like the fact that he can live without tradition, like he can live without um, you know these like the Samoan traditions, I guess. So like my dad lives a very spiritual and religious life, <laughs> um, but the Samoan culture has been like pretty far removed from like his home and everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so interesting to me because I'm, it also gives us, gives me like a second thought about why cult, like why anything is, is, um, is valuable and relevant and like why we need it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think like tradition has kind of watered down like what it is to be a community because like suddenly we're not actually connecting, <laughs> you know, like these things used to be like a, these traditions used to be a symbol of like, you know, like a, a symbol of like compassion, um, of love, of respect um, and all of these things. But suddenly like those things are now missing and we're just skipping straight to the tradition. Like mm. we don't actually have the love. We don't actually have the respect. We don't have any of these things, but now we're just being bullied <laughs> by this like <laughs> tradition that we have to do. Um, but you know, like the, they're now being fueled by like the ego and then not actually being fueled by love, but who's to say, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not to say that that's the fact for, for everybody, mm-hmm. but, um, it does make me think about, about why it's useful. And that's why I'm like, okay, I love, I love art. I love like, um, especially like Samoan art and like the, the, the concept behind it all, um, like how mystical it is like you know like the tales of like the land and stuff like that too like in every aspect I think um it is beautiful um and I do respect it but I think that yeah there's a lot to be said like why like question everything to me in my life I know that that everything's up for review but I have I do have a lot of respect like obviously for like my ancestors um the culture and like what it why why it's done that way like what it means what it actually means oh wow I really appreciate that very insight um I I love that yeah I think it's so important it's it's like fact checks like yeah okay what's the relevance of this day (laughs) (laughs) straight to the point guys we're being bullied here (laughs) it's just a bully us to like pay six hundred dollars for these maps (laughs) it's interesting yeah definitely um and I, I love that question everything like and what it means mm. to you at, at least what what does it mean to you or yeah. at most actually yeah if you can apply it to here and now it was really difficult to end that part of the episode I also need to preface that I cringe every time I listen to my podcast and my rambling so I forgive in advance but also not sorry for uh, providing the platform. I really hope that you enjoyed uh, listening to Grace's story. Again, if you really want to hear or have any Q&As that you would like any one of us to answer, feel free to let us know and stay tuned for part two. One love, y'all.